Welcome to Pulse, a Paychex HR podcast, where HR professionals find insights on today's top issues and inspiration to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. I'm your host, Rob Parsons. Hi, folks. Rob Parsons here. Joining me today is Steve Gilliland. A member of the Speaker Hall of Fame, Steve is one of the most in-demand and top-rated speakers in the world. With an appeal that transcends barriers of age, culture, even occupation, plus an interactive and very entertaining style, Steve shows audiences how to open doors to success in their careers, their relationships, and their lives. Today, we're going to be talking about motivation and how you can put what he's learned to work for your company. Steve, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back. Good to see you again, Rob. Good to see you again. It's been a while. Um, I did want to point out or just mention the last time we talked, uh, last time we had you on the podcast, you had a quote that really stuck with me. Uh, we were just in the thick of the first lockdown, and you said, it's not, uh, it's not it is what it is. It is what you make it. And I just love the attitude of that phrase. How is that, uh, how's that been working for you the past year and a half or so? It's been working. Uh, as a matter of fact, my entire staff caught uh, caught hold of it, and you know they know that's my philosophy. So basically, um, you know the results are there. You know when I say it is what you make it, uh, we've made it. You know we've done a lot of digital, done a lot of digital um, learning uh, with clients, and we've also done a lot of virtual. But I've done a lot of in person here to start 2022, and I had a pretty good fall with in person. So. You know, it's kind of a hybrid thing. Some want me in person, some want me virtually, and then others wanted the you know the digital learning stuff that we had produced in studio. Glad you mentioned that, you know, because it's you've made something new here, uh, something that I think is going to be super valuable uh, for everyone in our listening audience. So, just tell me a little bit of a background. How did you get to your motivation bites? Well, I know this is going to sound simplistic, and I'm not saying this. For any marketing reasons that I, you know, I'll put my right hand up here, you know, I'll, you know, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But after, after speaking, Rob, in person for 22 years, one of the things that became really a statement after I finished speaking, I would have people that had hired me say to me, man, I wish we could have you every week. And of course it was fun. You know, they would smile, I would smile and I'd say, well, you know, you can fly me here. You know, you got me every week. Um, when the pandemic started, I went down um, to a studio, an actual film studio, and I started to create some virtual product. I wanted to do some digital product. I wanted to be able to put maybe put my signature keynotes on it. The owner of the studio was listening in. He came in, you know, the producers and the camera people were there and he listened to me and, you know, he, he pulled me aside and said, hey, you want to have lunch? And fast forward, we had lunch and sitting at that lunch, he said, you know, everybody doesn't want 30 minutes. They don't want 45 minutes. They don't want, they, they said, they can't get retention from that. They can't get people to be engaged. And they said, you're such a storyteller. You've got great content. What if you did four to five minutes? What if you just did? And he literally said the word, just, just a bite, just a bite. And boy, the wheel started turning. And over the next uh, probably two weeks, I had created uh, literally what I called motivation bites. It would be four to five minute, you know, digital micro learning where I would tell a story, whether it be funny, inspirational, but something to engage them, something that would make an employee at any company sit there and go, wow, liked it, loved it. This is great. 
just enough. You know, you didn't you, you didn't just bore them to death with, oh, here we go, here we go. Now we're going to share the screen. Now we're going. So it was one of it was one of those things of just a quick bite. So that's how it was born. We shot the first Rob. Uh, we shot the first half dozen. We didn't like them. The producer didn't like them. Actually, the owner who I had lunch with didn't like. And, and he said, you know, you, you got to you got to be more you, which was tell stories, be funny. Um, and, and so that's what we did, because the stories connect with the audience and it, and it really keeps them engaged throughout the presentation. And I think it's one of those things that when you connect with them emotionally and that's what my stories do, you know, they're in. And then before they know it, as some have said, ah, it goes too quick. Five minutes is like, bam. Love it. And, and oh, I accidentally learned something during that time. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you've got 52 of these now. How did you go about choosing the topics? You've got a, a huge range of, of topics you're covering with these with these motivation bites. Well, I've got a list, you know, and it's it's called my advocates list, you know, and and you mean people can Google it. If you Google up, you know, advocate marketing, there is such a thing. So what I've done with the advocates that have come along my path over the last two decades is I've bounced things like this off of them. So I took clients, people that are fans of mine, and I said, I'm going to create these motivation bites. And I literally had 140, I had 140 topics. And I said, would you rank what you would consider to be the top 52? Um, boy, I'll tell you what, the cool thing was 30 were just, everybody had the same 30. So, you know, I, I got all these responses back. Every had the same 30. Then it was like, okay, you know, 12 people had this one, nine people had, but, but it was kind of cool because when it all came out, there was about 47 topics that I felt like, wow, everybody wants these. And then of course the last five, you know, that's one of those things of, you know, I said to my wife, I go, let, let's just, you tell me. So we kind of sat one morning having coffee and, that, and that's how it happened. But they're all relevant to the workplace. And I call them performance essentials in the workplace. You know, what, what do employees, what do leaders need? Um, and, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you look at the topics and you start to say, you know, action, adaptability, character, respect, vision, a lot of things that people may not think about, especially some of the frontline workers. But then all of a sudden it relates to them and they go, whoa, he's talking about me. I love that. And it's I love that you mentioned this isn't just for leaders. This is really for employees. So is that the real reason? Or maybe you could tell me all the ways clients are finding this so important right now. I, I, I get it. But but you've probably got a host of benefits that, that you've been hearing back from your, your customers on this. I just spoke last Thursday and Friday in Moorhead, Kentucky, and one of the things that that client said it was healthcare, and one of the things I did their leadership development institute. So I had a hundred leaders in this, you know, this facility. I spoke to them, and I actually spoke a couple of days to them. I did one topic one day, one topic the next day, and you know, they said, "Oh my gosh, you know, it would be great." And I actually said, "Let me interrupt you." I knew where they were headed with this, Rob. So what I said to them was, I said, what you'd like is all of your employees, all 1,250 to be hearing the same message. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about it is when we recorded them, I was very conscientious of who the audience would be. It wasn't just going to be leaders. It wasn't just going to be frontline. It wasn't going to be, a, it was going to be an employee who is interacting and working amongst other employees. Whether that be 
on a loading dock, whether that be in a lab, whether that be in an emergency room, you know, as a super, no matter what the setting was. And here's the thing. I've had trucking companies. One that's become really popular are school districts because they were able to engage their staff and their teachers and keep them, you know, you know, the morale sometimes, you know, they're getting bombarded from everywhere, you know, and I'm not going to pick on the media. All I'm going to say is it just comes at them so many different ways and it fans the flames. And before you know it, boom, the culture, the negativity, you know, the low morale. So that that's kind of how it all started. And that's, that's really why it's really picked up is there are groups you can engage the entire company. Think about it, a credit union. Think about a credit union that is spread out and has 12 branches. Think about a credit union that has 15 branches. When do they, they only get together? When? They, they get together maybe yesterday, ML King Day, Martin Luther King Day. They get together President's Day. They get together maybe on Veterans Day because they can get it. But other than that, this gives them an opportunity to engage them every single week. I love it. And it- I love the consistency. I mean, literally getting everybody on the same page. I love the quick hit format, the the, the accessibility of these mm-hmm. stories. I just I, I think this quick hit micro learning and video form is just a fantastic idea. What, what advice would you give to our listeners if they wanted to try to put together a program like this for their own company? If they wanted to speak to maybe I know paychecks, we have a very unique culture, and our HR teams would want to do something like this for our story, or they would want to do something like this for our technology. What advice would you give? What were some of the roadblocks or what were some of the challenges you have? And, and what, could, what could you tell people to give them a leg up if they wanted to undertake micro learnings on their own? I think one of the biggest challenges is what we just said, but we didn't, get, you know, we didn't drill down into, and that is making it applicable for the whole. It's accessible for the whole, but you know, what does a C-suite person get out of this? What does what is, what is a, you know, a supervisor get out of this? And then what is the person who is actually you know, interfacing with a customer? So when I did it, the challenge was, and, I, and I'll, let, I'll level with you, I spent time writing script. I spent time making sure that when I said something, it was applicable. Also the culture piece. I mean, you want to foster a very positive workplace atmosphere. So, you know, as you're creating these, the, the culture piece is, is really something that you have to be aware of because not every culture is the same. I mean, not every leadership style is the same. So again, now you're not going to be the answer to everyone. And I think that's the other thing. Even, even if you look at paychecks, you look at, you know, the diverse group of employees that work there. You know, some of them, you're, you're just going to have to, you know, look at it and say, hey, maybe this isn't for everyone. But, you know, when you're talking, I'm going to give an example. When you're talking about communication, um, everybody has an opinion on what that means. What I tried to do, and here's the challenge, was to give them something that they haven't heard. You know, everybody's read the same things. Everybody has said, you know, you got to speak to be understood. You got to listen to understand all of the things that you know. What don't they know? What haven't they heard? What, what's the communication now because we're doing so much of it virtually? What are the challenges? So you tie in maybe what the communication challenges are when you're on a Zoom meeting call, because that makes it more relevant to the listener and the employee who says, boy, that was good, man. I never thought of that. I never realized if you're just going to talk about communication in the same general generic format everybody else does, 
to me, you just wasted one of the 52. <laughs> you, you, right. you, you need to take that on. I mean, and that's what I used to say. I got to take these on, man. I, I got to talk about relationships in a whole different way, whole different way. And that's, that's pretty much the challenge you have be, because there's so much. And I don't want to even say it's the diversity. It's, it's just where we're at in a society today, the way we all view things. I mean, perspective, wow. There used to be two sides to every story. Rob, there's four. <laughs> at least. At <laughs> least. So <laughs> that's the challenge. You know, and, and I, I think that's a great point is conceptually brilliant. Executionally, uh, be ready to put the work in. Get ready, be ready to dig in. And, and, and if, if you're not going to do it well, then don't bother doing it. This was a six-month project. Yeah. When you just said that, I, my brain went to, yeah, if you're not willing to pay the price on this, this was a six-month project doing this. Um, and that was just not even when I think about all the editing and all the B footage and all. I mean, when you see the videos, you know, there's a lot of B-roll into this. I mean, there, there was a lot of consumption of time. And just one of the last ones we shot, they had to go to a theater and they had to take two cameras, uh, three actors. They had to reenact the story I told. But when they did, I sat there, watched it, and went, <laughs> I'm laughing at my own going, that is brilliant. Just the way they <laughs> took my story and made it come to life. And, and I, I know that, that the person doing it is going to be going, oh, my, that is hilarious. So great. We've, we've got just a few minutes here. I would love to, to spend this time uh, talking about weaving dreams, if you don't mind. Weaving dreams. When my wife and I, in 2016, we, we sat down one morning, we were having coffee and we said, you know, we give a lot of money to a lot of causes. It comes out of our company. Um, I would like to get a little bit more formal and create a foundation. So my wife and I created what is called Gilliland Foundation. And we wanted to focus on a couple of areas specifically. One was impoverished. Um, I know I can only speak for why I live in North Carolina here. Um, man, you, you can go in one section and, and within a mile or two miles, you're in a section that you're just shaking your head going, wow. And, and I'm very good friends with our superintendent of schools here. And he started talking about the impoverished children. He started talking. So I said to my wife, you know, we both agreed the impoverished. And then I don't think there's anything that just tugs in my heart more than a child with cancer. I think cancer period. It, I hate it. I just ugh, hate it. But when I see a child that got cheated and when I see a child that is, you know, young and struggling, I, I met a woman who had access to what's called the the, the floor at Children's Hospital here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And what she said was, she said, it's not just the children that battle the cancer. It is the siblings of those children and the parents of what they endure. And when I got a whole different perspective, I just said, man, so the Weaving Dreams, what we created, Rob, within our foundation, we had a 91-year-old woman that loomed beanie hats and she said, and she's a good friend of my wife. She said, I just wish I knew what to do with the hats. I know it sounds simple, but when you're talking to a guy like me, I said, I know what we should do with the hats. So we have literally given to impoverished. Um, we just sent one, actually 200 hats to an Indian reservation in South Dakota. 
because they said we are in such need, you know, the weather, you know, we, the, the, the children, the adults, you know, we need, we need coats, we need hats. The minute they said hats, boom, we're going to send, you know, so we sent um, 10 boxes of 20 hats to them. And, and then what we do is we sell the beanie hats for $10. We ask for donations, but for every beanie hat um, we sell, we give away two of them to children's hospitals so that if they're going through the cancer treatment and we get special requests, you know, I, I know, I know paychecks is up there in Rochester, New York, and I know every geographic area. And of course, shout out to the Buffalo bills for any bills fans up in that area. But, but, my thing here is I'm in the heart of college. So, you know, we get requests from families that'll say, you know, our daughter's going through cancer and she love, you know, she loves Duke or she loves, you know, Wake Forest. So, so the ladies that loom the hats will do one. And, and we literally have given thousands of beanie hats to impoverished children, impoverished adults as well, and also uh, children battling cancer. It's just tremendous, Steve. That's a great story and and just all, all around uh, great information today. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. You are so welcome anytime. And thank you to our listeners for joining. If you're interested in weaving dreams and helping out, please visit gillilandfoundation.org to learn how you can help. And to learn more about Motivation Bites, you can go to stevegilliland.com. And that's G-I-L-L-I-L-A-N-D. And remember, we'd love to hear what you want from this podcast. Please visit payx.me slash pulse topics to submit guest and topic ideas. That's P-A-Y-X dot M-E slash pulse topics. Thank you all. And please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022. All rights reserved.